Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I am terrific. How are you? Buddy, I'll tell you what. If I was any better, I'd be twins. Ooh. Adam, we got kind of a fun podcast. I'm pretty excited about this podcast. We uh, our, our comedy special that we are going to be um, reviewing today was Sarah Tolomash. A voluptuous boy. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Something like that. Uh, we've got our Mount Rushmore of professional stadiums, I guess you would say, that we've been to. Sports venues, yeah. Sports venues. There you go. We got Steph Curry is, you know, kind of kind of came along here a little bit. So we're going to get into a little bit of Steph Curry. Funny thing happened with the Reds the other day in our incredible snowstorm that we had in the middle of April here in Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh, making 2021 just as absolutely crazy as 2020. And of course, my newest and most favorite segment of this podcast, Walking Stories with Crack a Thug, Adam Schmidt. <laughs> I'm ready to roll, man. Let's do it. Um, let's make it happen. All right. Well, let, you know what, Adam? Before we get into your walking stories, let's just tell this funny story. So we're here in Cincinnati, Ohio, right? And Cincinnati's known for having crazy weather. Like it can jump 40 degrees in the span of 10 hours. Mm. Like it's nothing. Happens all the time. We're, we, I'd say we're used to it, but we're definitely not really used to it. So all that being said, uh, we had a, a winter storm. A, a, I had two and a half inches of snow when I woke up this morning on April 21st, 2021, uh, which was crazy enough. And then it snowed again. After that, but the snow started last night and the Reds were still playing. And I did not, I was not watching the game, but I can tell you that I have seen a clip of Lucas Sims on the mound in a sleeting, raining, freezing, cold, nasty storm that's coming down. And Tucker Barnhart throws him a ball. He takes the ball. Throws it to the dugout, says he needs, says that ball's no good. They throw him another ball. He throws it to the dugout. So here's my thing. Did he not communicate with Tucker Barnhart about this? Because Barnhart throws his hands in the air. Like, what are you doing? It's funny that you said that that you saw it that way. I I sort of felt like those two were on the same page. I felt like oh, so those Tucker, two. You think Tucker was talking to the umpire and going, "I don't know what to do either." I, it looked like he was almost doing that sarcastically, like, like doing it, like giving it an extra, extra little umph in his, you know, shoulder shrug or his throwing his hands up because yeah. it was he couldn't. Lucas Sims couldn't grip the ball. It was he had already given up. You know, it was pouring down rain and turning into snow, like you said, and he had already given up a home run to tie the game. And then I think he had walked in the lead the 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 lead run for the diamondbacks yep. and, that, and then that's when, and I believe now I was listening to the game. Um, so I, I, I'm so used to watching the game. And since we already talked about how the, <laughs> you, you can't get the game in Cincinnati Basically. anymore. Uh, on TV. <laughs> Why would you want to watch it in Cincinnati? It doesn't make right. any sense. <laughs> so I have to listen to the games, um, which normally I like anyway, but uh, listening to it, I, I didn't quite pick up everything, so I had to I had to get it all later. But it, it's I think David David Bell came out of the dugout even before that happened to kind of say, "Hey guys, what are we doing? We this is nobody can see. We can't grip the baseball." And they they said, "Keep playing." The the umpire said, "Keep playing." So 
so that ha- so then you know they they walked in the I think that's what happened walked in the the run to to put them behind five four, and so Lucas Sims is like, it's absurd that I'm expected to pitch in these conditions because I can't grip the baseball and I can't see my catcher. And so that's when so they great. So, so the umpire so, so started he, throwing the balls it, out. Tucker Barnhart he throws the second balls. ball. It was so great. He throws the second ball away that Barnhart throws to him and the umpire, you can tell now the umpire is like, all right, son. And he takes a step out to him, throws a ball to him. He takes it, holds it up. So the umpire can see it and tosses it to the dugout. Umpire grabs his next ball, throws it to him. He shows it to the umpire and throws it to the dugout. Yeah. Umpire takes the last ball out of his bag, throws it to him. What does Lucas Sims do? Well, I think you got the idea by now. He was not pitching. And that umpire turned around pissed and started walking back towards him. And I I feel like he was – because when Barnhart threw the second ball out and – uh, Lucas Sims threw it away and Barnhart put his hands up like, all right, yep. I, I get what you're doing. We don't have, we can't use any of these balls because you can't grip them. That's the way I thought he was kind of, that's what I thought he was doing. And the umpire, that's when he started coming out from behind the plate. And it looked like he said something to Barnhart, like a good three or four seconds was saying something to Barnhart on his way out to the mound. It looked yeah. like he was already mad at Barnhart for being part of that thing. And then he starts as he's walking out of the mound, throwing ball after ball after ball. Lucas Sims, so great. Lucas that was Sims my... barely even looking at the. He's like catching it, quick little glance, toss it away. There's he wasn't even really looking at it. So great. He never looked at the ball. He just took the ball out of his glove, showed it to the umpire, and threw it into the dugout. It was so great. Anyway, that was that was my fun of the day. And and then they called the game, right? They called it yeah. after that, right? He basically talked to the umpires in to into stopping the game in which they end up playing it today, which I still, I, uh, I don't understand why they even played it today. Well, I mean, it was after five innings. Why didn't they just finish it? Why didn't they just call it over? All I, the I Reds think, still had to hit. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to try to play the game if the same team is still in town the next day and you have time to get it in. I, I think they're going to gotcha. always try to, but yeah, that was, well, they that, did. Was that was, yeah, not, and then that did. actually, that almost got, delayed because it was we had another like we had another, another like snowstorm, minute snowstorm. <laughs> and then the sun was out before that another 45 minute snowstorm sun was out after that snow melted immediately i had uh we were supposed to have baseball practice today and i had to cancel it while it was sunny out because we were about to get snow and i was like guys this could be freezing cold we're gonna get snow i gotta cancel this i know how beautiful it looks outside right now but it ain't gonna happen and then within 20 minutes here comes the downpour yeah and then beautiful again after that (laughs) and absolutely beautiful again after that um so that being said all right so that's my lucas sims now adam before we get into the stuff curry you know know, this is a sports podcast so we'll we'll talk uh, a little more sports uh, with steph curry and some accomplishments he's got going on we're in that weird time frame of the year where it's early in the baseball season uh, where we we're not quite to the NBA playoffs. Uh, the NFL draft is the only thing going on in the NFL. And that's not for another week. There's just not a ton of stuff going on. So we'll talk some Steph Curry. We'll talk about our favorite places we've ever been. Uh, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore style, but Adam, you know, what we got to do first. It's time for walking stories with crack a thug. <laughs> All right. 
So this week, um, I'm walking. I, I'm trying to mix up my my routes a little bit each time. I don't want to walk the same exact route that's boring every time. Um, I walk mostly the same streets, but I try to mix up the direction I go. And there are tons of side streets and stuff that I I've driven past a billion times in my life, and I hardly ever go down. So I'm starting to walk through down up and down all those. Anyway, so I I'm trying to mix it up. I I get to this street. Uh, the other day, and and I'm I've only driven down the street maybe once or twice in my life, and I've lived in this neighborhood my whole life. So I'm like, man, this is a good place. Let's turn here. I think I can. I, I was kind of ready to turn back. I think this is going to lead to another street going the other direction that I need to go. All right, let's do it. So I turn down the street, walk down. I'm walking, and really nice. First of all, in a in a part of the neighborhood that's not so great, I turn onto this street beautiful houses, yards, well taken care of just, I mean, it's one of those, there are a lot of little pockets like that where we live Yep. in parts of uh, parts of the town that aren't great and little streets on there by themselves that are just beautiful. Yes. And so this is one of those streets and I'm walking down the street, like, wow, I'm, I'm surprised. Look at these houses. These are so nice. So that's, that's been one of my favorite parts about these walks that I've gone on is I, I, I kind of like architecture. I kind of like looking at houses, different houses and stuff like that. Um, and, and so I'm enjoying all these houses. I, I see ahead, um, some people, I hear some people in the front yard of a, of a house ahead a little bit. I'm walking toward somebody goes into the house and then I see a little kid, kind of up on the porch and I'm kind of starting to approach this house and he runs like to where there are cars parked in the driveway. So you, I'm like the, the yard is sort of blocked, but I can see up near the porch in the house. But this mm -hmm. kid, like this little kid, like runs like down the porch, like he's going to run out to the sidewalk where I'm going. So I throw my mask up real quick and I'm like, okay, is this, I'm going to, this kid's playing outside or whatever. I'm going to walk past him. That's fine. But he never comes. He like runs and I see him run behind the car and he never comes out. So now I'm approaching this thing. I'm like, is this kid going to try to jump out and scare me? Cause I know he's back there, but he's not, <laughs> I'm not I don't yeah. see him anymore. So, <laughs> uh, indeed I come out. He doesn't try to jump out and scare me, but he's, well, he actually kind of does. I, he, I kind of pass the car and he's right there. And he's like, rah, or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I knew you were back there. But um, <laughs> anyway, this kid's probably, I want to say nine, 10 years old, maybe 11. And poor kid is playing by himself, I guess. Cause he's, he immediately starts walking right next to me, side by side, same direction, starts talking to me. Like we are best friends and we've known each other for his entire life. Oh my God. It's so awesome. I'm like, okay, all right, that's fine. So he, his first question for me is, uh, do you know how to play football? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I know how to play football. I, I, you know, I, I've played before. Dabbled in it. Yeah. Do you know how to, uh, not, you know, uh, not organized football, but a million times in the street, every Thanksgiving sure. with my with yes. boys and everything. <laughs> do you know how to, do you know how to play wide receiver or do you know how to be a wide receiver? I think was the wording. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I know what that means. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, he's like, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to throw you the ball. You, you're going to be the wide receiver. I'm, I'm like, okay, 
what ball are you talking about? And then as soon as I think that I look and we're walking, we're three houses ahead from where he was. And another house or two ahead is this football sitting on the sidewalk. I'm like, okay, that's the football, I guess. <laughs> this is this football five houses away from your house that you were not just playing with is now <laughs> there. It suddenly appeared and uh, you're some sort of magician that loves football. So we get to the football, he picks it up. I kind of just keep walking down the sidewalk. He runs out into the street. <laughs> so I turn around and, uh, you know, 15 feet away, 20 feet away, something like that. Get my hands out. And he throws me the football. I catch it, throw it back. When I'm throwing it back, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you are an old man. I can't just pick up a football cold and throw it like that. The thing hurts, don't it? I can't. Yeah, man. And, you know, I'm not trying to throw it hard or anything. And I'm also embarrassed to say that I don't know that I can really throw a spiral. I'm 39 years old. I, I just can't figure that thing out. Okay. Um, so anyway, so he, he's like, I'm like, I'm kind of starting to turn to keep walking. And he like, he like, you know, loads up again, like he's going to fire one at me again. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, one more. Here we go. And I get my hands out. He throws it to me, catch it throw it back to him. Terrible throw, throw it at his knees and he misses it and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and so I'm like, all right, man, thanks for playing with me or whatever. And I start turning and he's, you know, I'm trying to like end the thing. And I say, and I, I I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm trying to be like, so think of some kind of like motivational thing, like stay in school fella or something like, you know, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, <laughs> so i said something like all right man keep playing i think i said keep playing and you playing to me i was i was thinking keep playing football so you know keep playing so you get better and you're you know you, you it's fun and all that i think he thought i meant keep playing like without me <laughs> as i walk away uh either way that's what happened i walked away and he <laughs> kept playing i guess so anyway, that's my football kid story. Oh, Made a new friend. I haven't been back to nice. that street yet, but uh, I'll, you're I have, so I'll, scared to go back to that street because you're afraid you're going to get roped into an entire football game. Yeah, I'll <laughs> tell you what. Yeah, an entire football game with just myself and a nine-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Next time, I'm going to plan to go that way. And I'm going to wear some receiver gloves. Oh yeah, get your receiver gloves. I like it. I like it uh i love walking stories with cracker thug every day these are just uh, there's you gotta you cannot stop walking no i i you know no i i don't plan on it i it's gonna keep getting nicer and nicer and you know i'm, I'm probably gonna get uh attacked by cicadas here pretty soon but you know what i gotta keep walking man i gotta get my exercise in i gotta get my arm loose apparently be ready for some in case anybody you never know you never know what's coming on a walk through the beautiful streets of West uh, Westwood. That's right. You just never right. know. So that's my story for this week. Uh, I got to go into uh, another guy, though, that, man, I, I, let me ask you, would you agree with me that Steph Curry is the, is the best shooter to ever play basketball? Absolutely. No question. Thank you. Um. As good as Steph Curry has been, as much as just about everybody agrees that he is the best shooter ever, already, 
11 years into the league now. He is having his hottest three-point shooting streak right now as we speak. As a 33-year-old man, 11 years into his NBA career, Steph Curry has made 72 three-pointers in the last 10 games. Wow. The most three-pointers in in any 10-game span in NBA history. He has made 10 or more threes in four of his last five games. So in, in four of the last five games he's played, he's made 10 threes or more. Six times this season, he has made 10 threes or more. No other player in NBA history has five has five games, or sorry, more than five games in their entire career. He's in their career. Six times in a season. Nobody else more than five in a career. In the last 10 games, he's shooting 55% from three. <laughs> That's unheard of. <laughs> Averaging 43 a game in those 10 games. He was last week's Western Conference Player of the Week. He passed Wilt Chamberlain, who holds every record in the world. Passed him for scoring all-time in in Warriors franchise history scoring. He is just on a tear right now, doing this without his partner, Clay Thompson. Um, They they are – of course, Clay's not there. I always look to see, though, whether Draymond Green is playing or not. I think that makes a big, mm-hmm. a big difference for them. Um, but either way, Steph is having an unbelievable season. He's second in the league in scoring at 31, I think, 31 point something. Um, I, he's just a, such a joy to watch shoot the basketball. I, I can't get enough of this guy, and he is he's blowing our mind. He's already blown our minds 100 times before, and he's blowing our minds again. How much do you love Steph Curry? So I, if you go to Steph Curry's Wikipedia, which is, which is what I did the other day, when we started, we decided we were going to talk about Steph Curry. I jumped on his Wikipedia, and under Wikipedia it says NBA achievements. And if you go down a few tabs, not a few tabs, but a few pointers, it starts going through first place all time, first place all time, first place all time. If there is a three-point stat, of any sort i'm talking not just three pointers made fastest person to however many three pointers i'm talking silly things like first place all time for games with at least eight three pointers made and eight assists first place all time for games with at least nine three pointers and nine assists like he's first place in every single three point stat that you can combine or make individually all time except one in that second place all time for most three pointers made in a, in a game with 13 and clay Thompson has 14. So he's only and and he may have passed that in this little stretch that hasn't been updated. I don't know, but unbelievable going through and looking what this man has done over 11 years, not only that, but just career wise, right? That's what I wanted to look at. Like we always, you know, he had those MVP years where he was unbelievable. He was hitting threes like nobody's ever hit threes before in their life. And that's become mainstay now for him and for a couple other guys. Fastest player uh, to reach a thousand three pointers, three, a thousand three pointers to 369. And in three, sorry, 369 games, he got to a thousand three pointers. And I don't have second place on here, and I wish I did because I'm pretty sure 
that second place was like 600 games. He almost doubled. He almost did it in half the time that the next person was when he broke, when he broke the record, just silly stuff like that is it's unbelievable. If you think your kid can shoot, just have him watch Steph Curry and do what Steph Curry does and pray that one day he could do that because it's unbelievable watching that kid. Yeah. And the coolest part about it for me is it's not like he's not a spot up shooter. He's not a guy that's only getting, getting shots off of his dribble. He's doing all of that. He can shoot any way coming off a screen to his left, coming off a screen to his right step backs, pull-ups he he ranks i i still saw the ranks for the last like seven years he ranks top three in makes and percentage in pull-up step backs catch and shoot over screens contested uncontested after five dribbles from 30 to 40 feet and uh clutch time he's he ranks top three in makes and percentage because that and that's that, that's the thing too is hot super high volume shooter obviously but shoots a great percentage. So he, he can do it all when it comes to shooting and you're right. I mean, he's a, now you're going to see him shoot some crazy shots that you're like, what in the world? And you know, and then they go in of course, but it, that's, he's a professional and he does that every day. And that's why, but you're right. When he gets to stand there, actually you have a kid have, have them watch him do his warm up routine. His warm-up routine, the dribbling is one thing, right? Because he really has phenomenal handle. Mm-hmm. He's probably top three handle in the entire league. I agree. But watching him do his shooting routine where he starts in the corner and he has to make – it's a, he catches it and then it's a dribble in and a step back, and he's got to make three before he can go to the next spot. And then if he misses two or something like that, he's got to go back. And it's an unbelievable deal. But since he came out on YouTube showing what he does as a warm up in that little, you know, catch it, dribble in two steps or, you know, step back in, in the way he has to go around and come back. All of a sudden you're seeing all these people put, put them up on YouTube where they're doing Steph Curry's routine and it, they can't get to half. They can't get to the top of the key because they just, it's too much work because you're not just catching and shooting. Like you said, it's catch, dribble, dribble, step back, catch, dribble, dribble, step back, catch, dribble, dribble, step back. And that will wear your butt out. And he just does it like it's nothing. It, it amazes me how a guy who's that skinny when he was young and everything could put the ball up from so deep, from so deep, almost effortless. When he shoots, it looks like it's almost effortless. Like even when he's shooting those half court shots or those quarter court shots, they just look like his regular jump shot. I don't yes. under, I can't fathom how that even works. Cause you don't see, I mean, LeBron doesn't even, LeBron is, you know, shooting that off one leg. Anybody's shooting that off one leg. I don't care how strong you are. He puts it up like it's a regular jumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's, his conditioning is not talked about enough. He, he, his, he is, has to be one of the best conditioned players in the league for sure. Cause he never stops moving. The guy, no, he's Reggie stop. Miller out on the court. He, yeah. he reminds you of Reggie Miller on the court. He never stops. He is the point guard of that team, and he comes down, and he'll bring the ball up most of the time, but as soon as it leaves his hand, he doesn't stop until it gets back in his hands. Yes. Yep. 
Very impressive. Uh, I, I, you know, I hope it's, it's kind of weird to see his age. He's 33 years old. So you're like, man, I mean, maybe he has four or five years left or something. I mean, but you know, guys are, are taking better care of themselves than they ever did before. And I mean, he doesn't look, he's, you know, like LeBron, he, he, those guys don't look like they're slowing down much at all. I mean, LeBron's not, not quite the same as he was at 20, 21 or whatever. Sure. Uh, but he's also carrying a hundred more pounds than Steph Curry is. <laughs> but, yes, he I mean, is. But Steph doesn't look like he's really slowing down at all either. So it, it's just, it's cool that, that there's a chance the way they look now that we get to see those guys, you know, hopefully another five, six, seven years, maybe they play until they're 40 and they're still mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, so anyway, uh, just one. I don't to, think to there's, give... I don't think there's any doubt that Steph Curry is going to be very good into his forties. I mean, Ray Allen was a really good player until he was about 40. Wasn't he when he was he around that age when he when he, when he retired and he was still they showed when they showed his warm-up routine, it, everybody was uh, you know, was in awe of the way he, how many shots he got up in an everyday warm-up routine. So uh yeah, I think Steph Curry could do this with the way that people take care of their bodies now and the the science behind all that. And when you have the money to put that into your body and like, like with LeBron James, I mean, the guy looks like he's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. He's in better from the, shape from the neck than, down. Yeah. From the neck down. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs> from the forehead up. He looks like he's about 58. <laughs> no doubt, All right, man. I I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just fanboying about Steph lately. So I, I just, we had to talk about that. He, he broke so he broke right Wilt's now. he broke Wilt's scoring record um, in Golden State, and I know that was a big thing for you, and and it was a big thing talked about all over the place. Because let's be honest, if you break any scoring record that Wilt Chamberlain has, you've broken something that's almost impossible to do because that guy's scoring records were ridiculous. It's yeah, he's he's got he's got records that like uh, like you said are like twice. <laughs> like he he has twice the amount of whatever the stat is yeah second place guy we, I mean, yeah we've talked about it before like yeah. until you start looking at that it's unbelievable he i mean the guys well he's put up there as one of the greatest of all time but i mean he definitely is steph if there's a guy in the league right now that could get 100 points in a game that's it's it's steph curry to me because if that guy catches fire and all of a sudden he he can hit you know, he comes down and hits, you know, seven to 10 threes. Like he can do that in a half. Easy. He can do it in a quarter. He could hit seven to 10 threes in a quarter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If he wants to, if he shoots it every time and yeah, I, he can, he can do it. And if the guy's shooting 55%, I feel like your offense should just be set as many screens for Steph Curry as you can. And nobody else touched the ball except him. And just put them up, bud, till you're tired. When you're tired, we'll let you sit for about five, ten minutes and then go back out there and do it again. Yeah. It's incredible, man. I just I just really enjoy watching that guy play. I don't know. I can't I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, all right. So that's the Steph Curry. That's what we got on. That's what we got today. That's the bulk of the sports. The next thing that we want to get into, of course, is our Mount Rushmore. Which is one another another topic. This is probably a segment that's lasted the longest uh, outside of the comedy segment. Yeah, 
for this podcast. Yep. Uh, we had the we had the swipe left, swipe right. We had we've had many. We you know we had the uh, rest in peace. We had the we've done a few things that you know cu- hits a couple times, but nothing that has la- really lasted the test of time as much as our final two segments of the day, which are the Mount Rushmore and the comedy. So. Adam, this week's comedy special was very difficult for me to figure out last week. I went back to try to remember what it was because I couldn't remember what we chose for the for the Mount Rushmore. So I went back to listen to the podcast and I was having some trouble. I was having quite a bit of trouble last week. Um, but we ended up going with sports venues that we've been to. And we said professional. I believe we took the collegiate out of it, correct? That's right. Which is a bummer because as I was, I was listening to that, Butler was one of the coolest places I've ever been mm. by far for a basketball game. But uh, so to take that off, so we go, so we'll go to sports venues, professional sports venues that we have been to to view a game. That's right. Because I was at, uh, I, I actually went to Indianapolis and saw the Colt Stadium, which is mm. one of the coolest stadiums in the world. But we didn't see a game there, so I can't count that. So I'm going to let you go first. Tell me your top four, your Mount Rushmore, if you will, of sports venues. Right. That you've that you've been to. That I've been to. That I've seen a game in. Uh, I've got to go first, and I think we. I think I mentioned this last week. I want to say um, Camden Yards in Baltimore. Um, it, it's just it, it's the coolest place. I. I it was just my favorite. We did the ballpark tour, uh, and then watch, and then went to a game. I think that night, um, I, just everything about it. I, I mean, I'm not like a, an Orioles fan. I'm not like all that big on their history or anything like that. But the history that they do have is well represented there. I just love how it's set up. I love the the uh, the old warehouse building uh, behind. You know that butts up against it. Yep. Um, it, it just I, I just love how it looks. Love how it feels. Um, it's it's old. It's like an old. I mean, you feel how old it is when you walk in there. Um, we you can you can stand right where the right above where the bullpens are uh, in the outfield and, and watch guys warm up. We did that before the game. Uh, we went a few years ago uh, when the Reds played in an interleague game. There got to see a Reds game in Camden Yards. Love that. That's part. cool. Uh, next one. Fenway Park. Got to put Fenway on there. Um, we told the story last week or two weeks ago uh, about mm-hmm. our trip that we went on uh, in 02. Fenway Park is just cool, man. I mean, the Green Monster, the the, the history behind it, the uh, everything. The, the pesky pole that's six feet away from home plate. Uh, <laughs> the Green Monster that's six feet away from home plate, but 6,000 miles high. Um, I, don't, I don't know why I'm exaggerating everything, but uh Fenway Park's just not, cool, I don't know I sure I, I I like the Red Sox um I, they have they have a cool history and um I I followed you into Red Sox fandom in the early 2000s uh late late 90s early 2000s when you were uh Nomar Garcia Parr's number one fan and they were really That's really right. good then too and they were really good and we we got on the bandwagon before they won yeah, the yeah World yeah. Series yeah that's right uh, yeah, and those teams were super fun. Um, so, and it was just a few years after it was just two years, I think, after we after we were there. So they were already yep. good. And uh, but Fenway Parks is very cool. 
third, I've got PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I just, it's a beautiful ballpark. It's, it, you know, Pittsburgh kind of reminds me a lot of Cincinnati in some ways. Not necessarily, I mean, I don't want to say the ballpark does, but it sort of does. It, it butts up against the sure. river. Um, but the coolest part about that is I, I, I like in Pittsburgh that the, the outfield is a little more open. Um, not the outfield, but beyond the outfield, the, the back of the park is a little more open. You can see, um, you can see the bridge, uh, Roberto Clemente bridge. I almost there forgot Roberto Clemente's yep. name for goodness sake. Uh, you almost forgot the name of the bridge. You, you didn't forget Roberto Clemente. You just <laughs> almost forgot the name of the bridge. Let's get it right. Get it right. You're right. Uh, but anyway, the, the bridge just looks so cool in the background there. It's right against the river. Just, just really, just a very nice scene. And I, I, I think the ballpark is really cool too. I, we, we went there. It might have been the year it opened. Um, I think we took a trip there. It was either the year it opened or the or the second year it was there. It was early on, and yeah. uh, it with it was very early on when it was there. Yeah, we went to a game there. I ended up going back again with my family uh, several years later, and uh, went to a, went to a game there. It was just really cool. I just I, I really liked the part in left field. You got the it's like a, a walkway that goes up, but it like that's like with the left field foul pole basically, and you can kind of stand on different levels and watch the game there um that's kind of unique i think uh just very nice i just i'm 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 in love with the with the roberto clemente bridge in the back there and mm-hmm. the last one i have is the united center in chicago um uh, i mean it's it, the it, old united center not not where they play now you're talking about um so i the 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 old one, the original one, get yeah, like the Bulls played in the '90s. I never got yes. there. You the never got there. Okay, okay, okay. The one that okay. I that I have been to, right. but right. yeah, it, it, uh, the Jordan stuff, the Bulls, the '90s Bulls, the the the, the iconic uh, statue out front. I've seen that a couple of times. I, I've been there. Actually, I think I think I've been to the statue three times. I've been to the inside the <laughs> arena for a game once. <laughs> um, but it's just you know it's just cool to walk around and all the all the memorabilia and everything they have. Um, and then you know I I my dream when I was nine years old was to go to a Bulls game, and sure. I ended up going to one, but it was you know twenty years later uh way after michael was gone after the we tried we tried to go to a bulls game in indy back when michael and scotty were there years and years and years and years ago and it was when it was that year where if you watched the uh the documentary that scotty was having all the issues with his contract Mm. and neither michael nor scotty we're at the game. So we went to go watch the Bulls play. It was an exhibition game preseason, and they never – and Michael and Scotty weren't even there. It was the biggest bummer of my life at yeah. that time. I had a lot of fun I, watching B.J. Armstrong play a preseason yeah, game. Yeah, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. Him and Detlef Schrempf, Schrempf or however you said that guy's name. <laughs> and right. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, well, that's pretty good, man. Do you have any? Do you have any close calls? Or was that pretty easy for you? You know, that was pretty easy. I, I kind of made a list of all the ones that I could remember 
being at. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I've been to Angel Stadium in L.A. I've been to Dodger Stadium. I've been to Wrigley. I heard Dodger Field. Stadium is a dump. Yeah, you know what? I was like 12 years old, so it was, oh, it was yeah. 84 years ago, so I, I don't remember it very well. But <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've been to Wrigley. I did the tour there and went to a game there. That was pretty cool. Um, U.S. Cellular Field on that same trip uh, with the White Sox. Uh, GABP in Riverfront, obviously. Nationals Park in, in D.C. Um, and you've hit a lot of ballparks. I have. Uh, and then I went on a – I mean, it's still pro really, but I went on a minor league trip, a minor league ballpark trip by myself. <laughs> I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Um, went to Lexington, Louisville, Dayton, and Indianapolis and watched four games in three days. I think it was nice. Um, so anyway, that was, that was cool. FedEx forum in Memphis where the Grizzlies play. I've been to a game there in bankers life field house. We've been there a hundred times. I heard I that Memphis. I heard that. I heard that Memphis um, arena is really nice. It's awesome. I love I've heard it. A ton of people say it was really, really nice. It's one of their favorite places to go. It's awesome. And it's right next to like the main strip, uh, Beale street. Um, yeah. I had, I went I, there on a, on a trip with some buddies and we had, um, barbecue at this like famous barbecue place on Beale street and walked, you know, a hundred feet over to, <laughs> to the game. It was awesome. Cool. They had a, they had a house band. We got there real early. They had a house band playing. They played like, Michael Jackson and Prince and Stevie one, like all my favorite stuff. They were oh, playing so great. It was just like a perfect, it was a perfect situation there. It was awesome. But um, yeah. And it was still when uh, it was when the, the uh, uh, what it grind, the grit and grind Conley and Zach Randolph and Gasol and everybody. Yeah. They were yeah. Still there. So it was really cool. Young Conley, young, Mike, young Michael Conley, fresh right. out of the state. That's right. Um, right man. Let me hear you. I got to so, hear yours. So I wish I could have gone to Camden Yards because everybody knows that that's been to Camden Yards, puts it at one of the top on their list. So I've never been there. That is definitely a place I want to go. Um, I have two that were the same as yours. Uh, PNC Park, I, I tell everybody, when it comes to parks that were built, you know, in, the, in this era of, you know, say 90 on, any park built from there, PNC Park's best park that I've, ever been to that when you first walk in you know it's steel city right pittsburgh the steel city the steel architecture the way that they just the that it's just all over the place it is so cool uh i mean obviously we don't like pittsburgh but that stadium is is awesome uh fenway is my other one that's that's an easy one for me uh, for all the reasons we mentioned, uh, plus the trough bathrooms, uh, you know, them and Wrigley, uh, the last time I went, they both had troughs, which I think is the funniest thing in the world when you're, when you're, when you're taking a piss and all, you know, you got a nice clear stream and then like this dark yellow water comes running right by you and you're like, holy cow, somebody needs to get hydrated. Um, my least favorite part about both of those parks, by the way, <laughs> you don't, you, I'm going you to the stall, mean, buddy. Guarantee say, every you time. You don't use a urinal anyway, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I almost always go in a stall, even if I'm the only one in the bathroom, just in case. <laughs> no chance. I go right to the middle. You go right <laughs> to the middle urinal. Like, come on, boys. Somebody's going to stay next if to they, me. <laughs> especially if there's only three of them. There's only three. There's three of them. You go to the middle. Automatically. You I go want somebody I, next to you. Yes, come stand next to me. Come on. We'll see if I can feel your ear, your eyes peering in. Go ahead, bud. Take a look. 
<laughs> Do you imagine if you're sitting there taking a piss, somebody walks up next to you? Go ahead, bud. Take a look. <laughs> anyway, I, mean, I would I would so, pinch it off as much as it hurts and move on. <laughs> there you go. So I put Wrigley on mine as well because I will never in my life forget uh, coming in from behind the dugout or behind home plate um, at Wrigley and walking out and seeing, you know, it was on the, we were in the second deck, you're on the second deck and you kind of walk out kind of behind where home plate is. And you just look out over all of Wrigley field and you see the bleachers and you see, you know, the, the buildings in the back and uh, in the outfield. And, and that was one of the coolest, coolest sites. Uh, it's just a cool stadium. And they've got the same thing with Fenway where there's a ton of places where with obstructed view where you cannot watch the game at all because the pillars that are holding this place up are like four feet by five feet, you know, concrete rectangles going all the way up. Um, and then I kind of had some trouble with my last one. I haven't been to a ton. Like, I, you know, Jacob's Field was okay. It wasn't anything special. Uh, you know, Indianapolis basketball was all right. I've been to a few places that are – but I, I was thrown up because – I really think Great American Ballpark is underrated when it comes to best ballparks in Major League Baseball. And I'm going to tell you, I put them in a the top five in Major League Baseball. But I didn't put them on here because there's a ton of stuff to do. There's not a bad seat in the house. But I put Old Tiger Stadium on here. I got to go to a game at Old Tiger Stadium. Pedro Martinez pitched for the Boston Red Sox against against them. It was the year, the last year of Old Tiger Stadium, the very last year. And when you walked up to it, it just looked like a giant white warehouse. And then you walk in and it had the it had the old dugouts that were actually dugouts. Right. Like it was a dugout and above it was like this rounded concrete uh you know cap over it. I mean it was literally dug into the ground like I I can't even describe it it was so cool that short right field porch where where um Cecil Fielder hit that hit the home run onto the onto the roof that place I think I was probably like I don't know 11 or 12 years old I man I was older now I was probably 13 or 14 and that place was unbelievable we just that was just that was another thing i feel like kind of how pnc was when my dad was just like dad was just like you know what it's the last year for tiger stadium we're going let's go and then just we just got in a car and drove to tiger stadium i feel like that's how pnc happened with us too like i think it, did it was too. like you know what we're just going let's go to pittsburgh all right let's go to pittsburgh and we just got in a car and went to pittsburgh those are the coolest trips those are the best hard to do now man you can't do stuff right. like that when you got all these kids running around and millions of things going on. So anyway, I would go um, Fenway, Wrigley, Old Tiger Stadium, and PNC, which is I know that that's nothing but old stadiums, but I love that feeling. That's why I love Butler so much. You know, there's something cool about the way they do a lot of these new stadiums. There's so much involved in them, and there's so many cool little features like a Great American. So many cool features you can go to during the game, like you could go to a Reds game and never even watch an inning and have something to do the whole time and walk all around that stadium. 
But when you go to Wrigley, you go to Wrigley, you watch game, buddy. Like, like there's something about you're just there. Like there's nothing else. It's you want to go get a beer, go get a beer, but there ain't, there's no fancy, nothing fancy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is now because I haven't been there in 15 years probably, but I love that old feel. It just, it, it, it feels like you're in the same place where some of the greatest things of all time have happened. So like Butler uh, and, and I can't, Hinkle Fieldhouse, there you go. Like Hinkle Fieldhouse, I always come back to that because that place, I mean, it's a high school gym. Not really. It's a little bigger than a high school gym, but it's, dude, you walk into the arena and you walk in on the floor, literally on the floor. I was standing two inches from the bench, from the floor of the arena, and Xavier's warming up, you know, they're taking threes 15 feet or less away from me. And it was so cool. I love that old feeling. You know what I mean? You feel like you're more on top of the game. Anyway, yeah, yeah. those are mine. Yep. I'm a nostalgic guy. You know that. I like that. I like the mm-hmm. old places too. No doubt. All right. Very cool. And while you were, while you were saying that, I remembered one other arena that I've been to, and that's the Q in Cleveland. I don't know that oh, it's always yeah. like a loans arena anymore, but yeah. um, yep, been there too. Yeah, I think they changed it, but uh, the Q, yeah, that was just another. That place reminded me a lot of Indianapolis. Like, yeah, it's nice. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's still just a big giant circle with a with a court in the middle of it. You know? What I yeah, mean? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, I feel like that's the thing. Like ballparks are almost a separate thing from the game. Like, sure. And it's not the same. It's not the same way in basketball. They try to do most places try to do, you know, put some history around in the, in the concourse area and stuff like that. But, you know, and put up posters of guys that are on the team currently and stuff, but it's not, it doesn't compare to, to baseball stadiums, man. And the statues that you see there and the plaques and the, all this, all just all the old stuff that in those places and in the, yeah. the, the art, like you said, the architecture and the scenery and how it, 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 it gets woven into the, to the, the part of the city that it's in, like in great American ballpark or PNC and Camden anyway. Um, all right. Very good. We got to talk about Sarah Tolomash. Let's talk about Sarah Tolomash. This is uh Joe lists wife, which I feel bad for. She did a great job of not saying anything yeah. about Joe list. Right. She did a great job with that. And she did a great job with making it sound like she, just recently got out of the corporate world, which we all know that can't be true because <laughs> she's been doing this for a long time. Um, I thought she had been, at least we watched her for first time I ever saw her was in roast battle against Joe list when they were, when they were married. And I thought that was hilarious. They both were not very good at it. And uh, I thought she wasn't good at it, but then I saw this whole comedy special and that's her, that's her comedy, right? Yeah. I kind I kind of liked it. I mean, it it's not something that's going to keep you interested the entire time probably. But uh if you really do pay attention, she's got some really good stuff in there and this was kind of cut up. Like you said, this is it's YouTube, so this is all done by the people. You know, th- there's there's not a ton of professionalism in it because they're not paying. I don't know how it works, but they can cut it the way they want to cut it. And you can tell she just she just totally, she didn't try to make things look like they were blending together. She just cut and then started with whatever joke she was on next. But the, at the end, she's like, all right, you guys ready for this? This is how I'm going to dismount. And then it cut 
and you could tell it was totally different. And then boom, there it was, there was the dismount. Tight budget, um, tight budget there. Tight, tight budget, tight budget. But I got to tell you, man, um, I mean, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't the best comedy special we've watched. I mean, we've watched so many of them. I put this right in the middle. I, I would, I'd recommend watching her. I would go see this girl. I think she'd be funnier live. I feel like if, if I was live, I'd be paying more attention and I wouldn't have other, cause she, the way she talks, she's not grabbing your attention the whole time. So if you're not there, it's easy to get distracted in your own house. <laughs> yeah. You have a phone or even a pen or that you can click or anything around <laughs> you. Uh, I didn't write any, I didn't write any jokes down. I wish I would have, uh, cause there was some good ones, but she moved pretty quick through them. Uh, the, the Q-tip joke was, was really funny. I thought I kind of laughed at that because that's one of my favorite things in the world to do is put a Q-tip in my ear. My wife tells me, she, my wife comes in all the time after I get done out of shower and I'll be in there with a Q-tip. And she's like, that whole Q-tip is almost gone. Like where, I, where, how deep do you go in your ear? I'm like, I don't know. Till it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> So it feels good or till it hurts a little bit. Or till it hurts a little bit and I pull, pull, pull the whole thing back out. <laughs> do what you got to do. Sometimes you just put it in a little too deep. Starts hurt a little bit. Anyway, I feel like that would fit right in with that joke for her. So she could have used that right there. But anyway, um, yeah, she had some she had some good stuff. Uh, I liked it. I'm going to go with a 3.0. Nothing special, but it wasn't bad. So I'm not putting it on the lower half. I would definitely watch this again. All right. All right. I, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, it, it felt to me, and I think it's just her personality, but it, you know, seemed uncomfortable, a little tense, maybe just see, not- but that's watching her. I don't think that that was, I think that's just her delivery. That's just her. You know what I mean? It's like with that dude that you like, that you like the, uh, the basketball player or something. The guy who used to play basketball. I can never remember. The oh, Chris Stefano. Yeah, and he I just felt like he was rushing and rushing and rushing. And then I watched another special and that's just him. That is him. Like that's just who he is, right? Yeah. So if you know that going in, you look at it differently. I would have looked at him differently if I would have known that going in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and I and I know that about her. I agree with you. That's just who she is, but it just it comes across that like even knowing that, it's still like she still looks uncomfortable. She still looks tense. She still, it just doesn't, you're not used to that in a comedy show. You know, I mean, we've seen people like that before, um, but it's just, it, it doesn't lend itself well to, to comedy. I don't think, cause it just looks like they're just scared to be there and I would be scared to be there. But when you do it professionally for a long time, you would think you kind of get looser and looser and, and a little more. Comfortable, yeah, but, but even when she's doing that and she seems uptight, then she hits that punchline and you're like, oh, oh that's sneaky little devil. Yeah. She's a sneaky little one, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote down. So I wrote that down and I wrote I wrote down that I, I do like I do like some of her jokes, a lot of her jokes. But it felt also like and I can't remember who we were talking about not that long ago, but it, it felt like I wrote down 75 percent there. It felt like she's 75 percent ready to do this special. She needs another six months or something to work these jokes out, to develop them a little bit more, to get a little bit more out of each joke. I, mm-hmm. I felt I felt like they were just not quite there yet. Um, 
it, it almost felt like the whole thing was a little rushed. Like she needed to put something out there to get a little bit of momentum going or to monetize it a little bit somehow. And because like you said, the, the budget thing, that's what I wrote down. There was one, it was a one camera shoot. There was not, yep. more, it was one camera in the back of the room. Um, she stood at the exact spot. She kind of swayed a little bit here and there. Didn't move around on the stage though. Stayed in one spot because she had to, because she only had one camera and there wasn't a camera operator. I don't think, I think it was on a tripod sitting there because <laughs> at the end of it, you saw somebody stand up right in front of it. Somebody's giant. It happened, head. Like, happened like six times. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 Like six times some giant head walking in front. <laughs> um, so I, I just felt like, especially cause I mean, she's married to a guy that's had some success and, you know, I felt like she could have had, she could have put a little bit more money into it, maybe gotten another camera uh, on the side or something. So she had a little bit more freedom and a little bit more freedom with editing too, moving around on stage and editing. And then it just felt like she just wasn't quite ready to do this, but I, it felt like she will be and, and she can be good. It could, it could have been really good and it can be. Um, and hopefully she puts out another special in a year or two or something like that. And it's good. I expect it will, it'll be even better. Um, so I like her. I wanted to give her a better score. I just, overall, I was like, man, it's just not, I don't think she was ready to put this out yet. Um, so I gave it a 2.3. I just wrote down what I thought you were going to do. And I wrote down 2.4. I was just off. I could, I was going off your tone. Was going yeah. off town. I was pretty close, pretty close, pretty close. <laughs> I still yeah, recommend so it. Go yeah, watch Sarah it. Told much. I think she's good. I think this. I think she's a funny comedian. Like I said, her jokes were good. Like I was laughing. I mean, I laughed at her jokes, yeah. but there were a few times where I got lost. Like I got lost in my own world while she was talking. I there's some jokes. Like if she told him again, I couldn't tell you if I heard him or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I do remember the one um, she was talking about you know, having a, she, she was starting to think she wanted to have a baby and then she spent a day having to carry an umbrella around all day. <laughs> uh, she just she left realized. it on the doorstep of the church. She's yeah. like, that's way too much responsibility. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good. That was good. She, that was good. That was good. Yeah. So anyway, all right. All right so Sarah told Mosh, so that means next week, we are going to have – this is a pretty good podcast, right? I feel like we got through this pretty quick. Uh, this is probably one of the fastest podcasts we've ever done. But also, I feel like it was still pretty good, right? We had Walking Stories with Crack a Thug, which will be back next week. Mm-hmm. We had uh, our comedy segment. We had Mount Rushmore. We had Steph Curry, Lucas Sims. Next week, Adam, we each have to pick a Mount Rushmore and a comedy special. You get to do the Mount Rushmore – I got the comedy special. I'll start off because for once in my life, I was actually looking through this. This is one that came out last year. What well, says it came out last year? I was looking for somebody I'd never heard of before. Oh. And, and I ran into a guy that I had heard of before who I think this is the same guy that I think it is. I could be wrong. You're going to have to tell me. And I, I don't think we did this special because now they all just run together. Mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure we've talked about this guy, Josh blue. We didn't do broccoli. Did we? I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. 
And I'm sure that you never chose it because you would feel uncomfortable to have to critique this dude in any way, shape, or form. But this guy makes me laugh so hard watching him talk about himself mostly. He's talking one time, made a joke about him eating spaghetti. So he's got cerebral palsy, Mm -hmm. right? And he's talking about himself eating spaghetti and something about looking like a a newborn baby trying to Chinese spaghetti is just all over him. It's just funny. Oh my god, the stuff that he says cracks me up. Uh, he's he he's a funny guy. Josh Blue brought it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Amazon Prime. Uh, I think we I'm I think we've done Josh Blue before, but I think we did Sticky Change. Yeah, it was way back in the beginning. It was one of yeah. the first like five or ten that we ever did. I think it was sticky. I think change. you're right. I think it was sticky change. And I, I'm with you. I love Josh Blue. I saw him. I saw him in person like two years ago, and three years, two or three years ago. I was, I was in the very front row. I was touching the stage, and that guy. I think I told the story. He, it was spit everywhere. Spit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Not very COVID friendly, uh, but that was before. <laughs> That was before COVID, which, by the way, um, I got the second shot today. Did you? Mine's tomorrow. Cheers to Very that. Very nice. Very nice. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, I mean, that means sometime, sometime maybe as early as May, we could be, uh, you could be drinking an Invisible Mountain Dew, and I could be, <laughs> uh, I could be coming back over to drink an Invisible Mountain Dew with you. That's right. In the, in the studio. Really in studio, in, in stu- studio, we could both be fully vaxxed and ready to go. So excited! Uh, see my buddy. It's been it's been over a year. It's been over a year. One of the last the last. So if you go back and you ever watch the and you listen to our podcast with the Burger Bros, mm-hmm. Burger Brothers came on. That was the very first podcast that you missed because you were sick. Yep. And you never came back after after that. That's right. Never That's came when, back after that. For for a while, I thought there after, way after the fact, I thought that might have been I may have had COVID then. I don't think mm-hmm. it was because I eventually got COVID and knew it yeah. and yeah. it felt different, but who knows? Yeah, um, who knows? Anyway. You could have had one of them other crazy strands, you know, the 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 geometry strand or the or the or the Lebanon or or Filipino or German yeah. or DNA England. strand yeah uh, yeah all these different things oh don't um, DNA yeah speaking of DNA Josh Blue Josh Blue spreads DNA straight out of his mouth all over everybody in the front row apparently so super excited to watch Josh Blue broccoli Adam do you have a Mount Rushmore I do and I hope we haven't done this before I don't think we have. Um, but I always second guess myself. But uh, how about board games? How about the Mount Rushmore of board oh, games? Yeah. Okay. So, question for you because you've said board games. Mm-hmm. Any game um, that has made you bored before? Okay. That you have gotten bored <laughs> playing. So, what about like, so, so, you know, you got all these new games now that are kind of like apples to apples or, or the, what are those games called? Where they're, they're like card games, right? Uh, in a box. Mm-hmm. Are those counted or are we saying it's got to have a board and you got to have pieces? I think we count those games. 
I, you know, cause they're in the store, they're with the board games. It's, uh, it's sure. all, it's games, not card <laughs> games. Like if you use a deck of cards for it, that doesn't count. Right. We want games, like something you would buy in the game section of target or something like that, where they've got five bazillion games now, which by the way, I think I have four bazillion of the five bazillion in my closet in the basement that maybe half a bazillion haven't even been open yet. <laughs> there are some fun looking games, man. I, I'll sit, sit there and target for a while and look at the, look at all those games, some cool stuff with like, like Bob Ross games and uh, all kinds of I'm going to tell you right now, I already know I'm going old school with this. I'm going some old school stuff that we, that we used to play back in the day. I've already got two. the, we're doing board games. I got right down here, uh, board games. I got a, I got a couple right off the right off the top of my head Same. Um, that we're gonna have to do that I were some of my favorite and if I don't write them down I'm gonna forget so I'm doing it real quick I can't remember the other one I think it was just called this okay so so there you go we've got uh, Mount Rushmore board games we've got comedy special with Josh Blue and Broccoli of course walking stories with Cracker Thug will be here as long as there's nice weather out Adam will always have a walking story to tell us um and there'll be some kind of sports thing going on by then we will be so the draft will be uh thursday of next week we do the podcast on either tuesday or wednesday so we will miss it'll be before the draft maybe we talk about some nfl draft but don't count on it usually we don't talk let's just talk about it now trevor lawrence um Drew Lockett, is that yeah. his name? Drew Lockett, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Soul, Soul uh, yeah. Chase, Chase, Pickett, um, Prickett, Prick, Prick, Pritchett. Yeah. There we go. We talked about All it. All right. Yep. We talked about it. So Good maybe work. we will get Andre uh, Andre Edwards, our Bengal insider, uh, a week or two after the draft to kind of tell us what he thinks about the draft and what after draft and free agency, what he thinks the Bengals will look like. Uh, down the road but to be honest with you me and Adam just aren't Bengals professionals we are uh, much more into the NBA and and baseball basketball side of the world so that being said we will find something sports related to get into next week on top of all our other fun silly things and until then Adam don't forget to turn your headlights on